Welcome to Rooted and Robust Podcast. Hello everyone, this is Rooted and Robust Podcast and my name is Ozioma Anioji. Today we are looking at finding and maximizing scholarship opportunities. And I have a guest on the show, and he's one that is experienced in this field. In fact, he was awarded the prestigious Commonwealth Scholarship in 2018. He's going to tell us about it today. <laughs> so, um, Mr. Okay. Damien Lola Ulisa, welcome on the show. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Ozioma. Thank you. Before, before we go to get into the topic of the day, your name, your name confuses me somehow. Damilola is a Yoruba yeah. name. Olisa is a Nibo name. Yeah, Where is the connection? It shows that it shows that I'm truly Nigerian, so I had to combine it from different tribes. At least one major tribe is missing. Where's your Aousa name? <laughs> My third name is Aousa, so <laughs> you are Nigerian. <laughs> Wow, interesting. So, I can't I can't even argue with whether I'm Nigerian or not. No, 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 it's no. very obvious that it's truly it's super obvious. <laughs> a, a truly Nigerian. Nice. You're the son of the soil. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. All right, so let's get into it. Finding and maximizing scholarship opportunities. So um before you tell us how to find and maximize the opportunities, right? I want you to tell us how it was for you in 2018. Um, how you were able to get that amazing email <laughs> that awarded uh, okay. you the scholarship. So let, let's start from you, then we, we get into the topic proper. Okay. Uh, for me, I would say that uh, my scholarship journey started in 2017. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was when it started because I applied firstly in 2017, but um, I got a scholarship in 2017. I think it was a tuition scholarship. The scholarship covered only for tuition. Mm. So, but I couldn't um, cater for the remaining cost of um, living expenses, visa application fee and the like. So I had to forfeit that scholarship. And I also applied for Commonwealth in 2017, but I did not get it. Oh. So that was why I reapplied for 2018. Um, and okay, it wasn't only even in 2018, it wasn't only the Commonwealth Scholarship I got. I think I got the um, <clears throat> the Turkish Government Scholarship too. Okay. Yeah, I was awarded the Turkish Government Scholarship too. That's called um, Turkey Boslari Scholarship. It's also a fully funded scholarship. I think it's open at the moment mm-hmm. for application at the moment. So, um, but generally, applying for scholarships is just one of those things. <laughs> Yeah. There is really no, there is really no formula towards it. It's just about putting in a good application and don't give up. Just keep improving on your profile and don't give up. That's that's just the whole thing about applying for scholarship. Keep improving on your profile because a lot of people who apply for scholarships multiple times, I don't get them. A lot of times, the question to ask is how good is my profile is my profile good enough because scholarships are generally very competitive there are lots of people competing around the world not just people from your own country alone people from lots of countries over the world and there are limited space to accept um scholarship applicants so oftentimes scholarship committees are just going to go for the best candidates true true 
profile is key. When we get into it, I'm sure you'll touch on profile and other things that we need to do to be able to get scholarships, right? Okay, so I'm just going to allow you go on. So please take it on from here. Let's know how to find and then maximize scholarship opportunities. So it's over to you now. Okay. Um, firstly, when it comes to finding scholarship opportunities, um, I would first want to categorize scholarships first. Okay. What are the kinds of scholarships that we have? I'm now I'm talking about majorly the postgraduate level. Yeah. Okay. That's for people who want to go for masters, people want to go for um, a PhD. So now we can categorize scholarship into three categories. Firstly, we have the um, governmental scholarships. Okay. And we will talk about governmental scholarships. These are scholarships that are being sponsored by governments, by institutions, like the likes of the Commonwealth Scholarship, the likes of Children's Scholarship, mm-hmm. the likes of Vanier Scholarship. That one is by the um, by the um, by the Canadian governments, the likes of um, Chivnin, the likes of um, Turkish government scholarship. So oh, across the world, lots of governments, lots of um, governmental institutions, they have scholarships that they sponsor students to go and study. So those ones are government and institution-based scholarship. Mm-hmm. So secondly, we have the graduate assistantship. <clears throat> Okay. So this one is majorly for, most times it's for people who want to go for a PhD or people who want to go for master's in North America. So that by what I mean by graduate assistantship, it means that the departments, the departments are going to sponsor you to school. Mm-hmm. But what you have to do for the department is you would work with the departments. Okay. So um, those kind of things, like now, let's say with German now, the um, department of... Um, engineering in university of um alabama okay. admits you as a student but they're admitting you on the condition that you're going to be working with the department you're going to be is it that you're lecturing um first year students mm-hmm. that's what we by graduate assistantship and the department would going to pay for your tuition you don't have to pay tuition to the department okay and in that case you also get monthly stipend from the department so that's what we mean by graduate assistantship. It's either you're a teaching assistant or you're a research assistant. Or at times you could even just they could just post them to the library to go and be doing some stacking of books in the library and all of that. So most times I advise people, what exactly do you want to apply for? Yeah. So are you going for governmental scholarships or are you going for graduate assistantship? Graduate assistantship is very, very popular in North America. When I say North America, I mean in Canada institutions and um, and US institutions. It's very, very popular. So, and also it's popular too in the UK and in Europe, especially for students who are going for PhD. Okay, okay. Yeah, students who are going for PhD, those are the ones um, that are often considered for graduate assistantship in Europe and in the UK. But generally in the US and in Canada, all students, whether people going for masters, people going for a PhD, mm-hmm. are being considered for graduate assistantship. So I've said that the third one, which I'm going to be talking about is departmental funding. Okay. Departmental funding. So for some schools, some departments or the graduate institutes, they have funding to support students. So in that case, you don't have to, they don't even require anything 
they don't require you to do anything. They just need you to just come and study and they cater for you. Mm. So it's either you're going for governmental scholarships, those ones like um, institution-based scholarship, commonwealth achievement, government loans. Mm-hmm. Um, even there are some African governments too that provide scholarship. Like um, a friend was telling me, a friend doing his PhD in the UK was telling me that he's being sponsored by, um, by the Ghanaian government. Wow. for his PhD in the UK. So there are some government-based scholarship. And then we talk about graduate assistantship. Are you looking for a graduate assistantship and lastly, departmental funding? So those are the three categories. Those are the three um, broad categories. I always like to um, classify scholarships or funding into. Okay. So now, how can we find these things? The first place to start is doing a Google search. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. Just go on Google, search for scholarships that are available in this particular niche. Are you looking at, you can just do it, probably a search of governmental scholarships that are available so far. Mm-hmm. Then you definitely get a list of some of those top governmental scholarships you want to apply for. And if you want to focus on um, graduate assistantship, then you just do a Google search universities offering, let's say you want to study um, a master's in mechanical engineering. Mm-hmm. You just do universities offering master's in mechanical engineering in the US or in the UK or in Canada, any of the um, three countries. Let's say you want to do um, master's in mechanical engineering, like I said, in Canada. You just do master's in mechanical engineering in Canada, then Google is definitely going to bring you that list. Then you yeah. start scrutinizing the list to look for the ones that have opportunity for graduate assistantship mm-hmm. and what are the requirements. So that's how you meet, that's how you screen out the ones that do not provide, because not all programs provide graduate assistantship, even in the US and Canada. Okay. So there are some that they don't provide, some would say that they provide for only PhD applicants, while some would say that they provide for both PhD and master's applicants. So it is necessary to do your background search. Okay, this university that I want to apply to, please don't forget that graduate assistantship is more popular at the master's level in North America. It's not that popular in Europe, especially at the master's level. Okay. Most times, for for let's say for UK, no, but I'm not sure that university is going to offer you graduate assistantship for a master's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not so sure. But you might be lucky to get some tuition discounts which has been offered by the school, which has been offered by the university, which has been offered by the departments and things like that. Or you can even get tuition um, free, like tuition free discounts. Some of those things are available. So if you're looking at for graduate assistantship, you can always focus more on the US and Canada. You get lots of graduate assistantship there, so many of them. And fortunately, there are some countries where you don't have to pay tuition. Countries like Germany, countries like Norway, countries like Finland, there are some universities there that don't charge tuition. So all you need to do is look for the programs that are being offered in your language. When you find programs that are being offered in your language, just go ahead and apply. So everything starts with a Google search. Just know your direction. What do I want to study? That's the first question to ask yourself. What exactly do I want to study? Do I want to study a master's in this or I want to study a PhD in that? After you determine what you want to study, then you start searching online. You definitely find funding. There are lots of fundings available. I, I even forgot to mention Erasmus. Erasmus yeah. is still open. Yeah, 
for countries and uh, for people who want to go study in Europe and a couple of other countries as well. So so many funding. So the first the problem that a lot of people have is they are not motivated. I don't know whether probably they are not motivated or they don't have the capacity to do a thorough search of um, funding opportunities that are available in their field. That's the big challenge a whole lot of people have when it comes to um, assessing funding and assessing scholarship opportunities. You have to search. You have to search online. You have to search thoroughly. So that's just the basics. And now we haven't even talked about how can we start, how can we win these scholarships? How can we win these um, fundings? Now that we've classified scholarship opportunities and funding opportunities, we've classified them that, okay, these are the categories that exist. So, and we understand what we want to study. Let's say we want to study a master's in whatsoever or a PhD in whatsoever. Mm -hmm. The next thing now is how can we win these scholarships? What can we do to be the best candidate? Mm -hmm. And at the start of this session, I talked about um, profile. Everything boils down to your profile. Mm -hmm. Everything boils down to how competitive is your profile. When I mean profile, I mean like your background, your professional qualification, your test scores, your, your extracurricular activities. Those are the things that comprise your profile. Mm -hmm. So very importantly, scholarships have specific requirements. Okay. So I would always advise people that before you go ahead to apply for any scholarship or any funding opportunity, read the requirements and the objectives very well. Okay. As in, understand it thoroughly before you go ahead to apply so that you don't just waste your time applying. Mm -hmm. Because every scholarship or every funding opportunity has its own unique requirements. Because let's say I'm the scholarship um, committee or I'm the scholarship body who wants to sponsor students. Yeah. I have, I also have what I want to achieve. True, true. I can't just spend money. I can't just be giving out money for free. <laughs> I have my own interest. I have my own objective, which I must achieve. Yeah. For instance, the Commonwealth Scholarship, which I'm very familiar with, the Commonwealth Scholarship has an overall objective of training students to go back to their own country to support development. Mm -hmm. So, and for most governmental scholarships, that's so for some of them that's what they want to achieve to train you and then you go back to your own country to support development for instance even mastercard also has that policy also has that objective so before you go ahead to apply for any scholarship the first thing is what is the objective of this scholarship do, do, do i really um tally or do i really fall in line with what this scholarship is aiming to achieve mm -hmm. So those are the critical questions before because scholarship uh, scholarship applications are very they are very tough and they take a whole lot of time. Mm -hmm. So you don't just want to waste your time. You want to be very strategic. So the first thing is, what exactly is the objective of this scholarship? And after you've scrutinized the objective, you find that okay, the objective is what I think I'm comfortable with. Then we then go into the requirements. So what is the minimum requirement to be selected for this scholarship? Or what is the minimum requirement for the department to offer me a graduate assistantship? Mm -hmm. So when you discover the minimum requirement, the next thing is, 
please ensure you study the minimum requirements very well like very very well ensure you study it very well like it's very important because some scholarships a whole lot of applicants at times don't even read the requirements like for instance let's say a scholarship is looking for candidates that have at least a minimum of 4.0 out of 5.0 for for their cgpa Mm-hmm. And you see applicants who have three point something applying. <laughs> Isn't that a waste of time? It's a waste of time. That's the truth. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of effort. Because you know that definitely you're not going to be selected. Because at the first level of screening, the screen based on the minimum requirements. Yeah. At the first level of screening, everybody who doesn't meet anybody who doesn't meet the minimum requirement, they are screened out. So after meeting the minimum requirement, the next thing to do now is how do I package my profile to be selected? Mm-hmm. So how do I tell my story to be selected? So that's where the area of you blending in into the scholarship objective comes in, into the department objective. That's where it comes in. Mm-hmm. Like let's say you are applying for a graduate assistantship in this particular um department let's say department of transportation and after reading the department's philosophy you discover that the department over time is trying to build a policy of um, promoting green energy let's say that's what the department wants to achieve in the next five years so now let's say that you've already checked the minimum requirements you discover that you meet the minimum requirements of the um, of the department or the scholarship so now the thing now is okay this is what this department is trying to achieve or this is what the scholarship body is trying to achieve how do i position myself as a suitable candidate for the department or for the scholarship body to achieve its own long-time goal yeah yeah because most people, when you're applying for scholarship, it's not about you, you, you. No, 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 no. At times, you have to think about what do these people, what do they want? Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 it's a vice versa thing. It's not just about you alone. Like when you read, when you read some personal statements, some applicants always emphasize me, 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 me. No, it's not about you alone. Mm-hmm. The education and the skills you're going to acquire is for the betterment of not just yourself, this community where you're coming from and also the organization that is sponsoring you. Mm -hmm. So let's say someone wants to offer you funding to carry out a particular research. Do you think he just wants to dash you the money? No. (laughs) He wants you to advance his own research. Yeah, true. Like like there are some um, some, um, supervisor-based funding opportunities where they say that this person is carrying out the research in this particular area, so candidates are expected to apply, especially at the PhD level. And it automatically, you know that the goal of that research, the goal of that funding, is to support the research that is being carried out. Mm-hmm. So these are some very, very important things that candidates need to be aware of. It's not just about you. It's about how do you tailor in into the objective of that institution it is it's it's very important i can't stress this enough so when you see a scholarship the first thing to do is or any funding opportunity the first thing to do is what is the objective of this scholarship 
what is the objective of this funding? Why are they bringing it out? What do they want to achieve? Mm-hmm. The second thing is, what is the minimum requirement? Do I meet the minimum requirements? If they need, if they said that they need candidates with at least a two one, and you don't have a two one, but it's unfortunate you can't apply for it. If you're still bent on applying, you can go ahead to email the scholarship body or the funding body or the funding coordinator we'll that oh, I have a tutu, but I have qualification in this, I have qualification in that, I've gotten research in this, I've gotten research in that. Then go ahead to ask that, oh, but can I still go ahead to apply? Mm-hmm. If they're okay with you applying, they will give you a go ahead. Oh, you can go ahead to apply. But if they're not okay with it, they will tell you instead of you just wasting your time to apply. So the first thing is, what is the objective? The second thing is, what is the minimum requirement? Do I meet, do I even meet the minimum requirements so I don't just waste my time? And the third thing is, how does my profile, how does it fit in into the objective of this program? And how does it fit in into my own personal long-term goal? So everything shouldn't just be about your own selfish interest alone. You have to find a way to balance both the goals and the objective of the funding and the scholarship, as well as your own personal goals. Wow, awesome, interesting. Okay, so I know you've, um, apart from you winning a scholarship in 2018, you've probably been able to guide some people towards this path. And uh, so I want to ask you personally, what is that thing that you think People like you that have won it, what stood out for you apart from, I mean, everyone that wins the scholarship had an amazing profile. They did their thorough mm-hmm. research. So there is usually something. Some people tell you that they had so many volunteering opportunities that they got involved in. So what are those elements, those unique elements that you think would add to a good profile that could give someone a, an edge in applying mm-hmm. for a scholarship? Okay, basically, I would say that it's just improving on your profile, trying as much as possible to make your profile good enough. For instance, if you have some experience, some professional experience that are relevant, ensure you talk about them. And there's something also very important I've discovered, especially for us Africans, when it comes to scholarship applications. I don't know probably to say that we don't know how to tell our story in a very um, persuading manner. Mm. At times, we feel too humble. I don't know. And when you're applying for scholarships, scholarship essays are not where you should be humble. Please. (laughs) If you want to be humble, go and be humble in your home. Scholarship essays, they are where you should brag about things that you've achieved. Mm -hmm. Things that you've achieved. See, uh, a friend of mine was applying applied for an Erasmus program recently and I helped him to check his essay. I'm like, guy, this thing can't fly. Mm-hmm. And why is it that it can't fly? I said, the way you were talking about some of these things, you're talking about some, he, he has done wonderful things, but the way he was writing about them was writing them in a very weak manner. Mm-hmm. So I said, you have to place emphasis on these things. Like, don't just say that, I graduated with a first class or I graduated with a two one. No, don't just say it like that. Find a way to tell a story around it. You can sort of you just saying that you graduated, you can say I graduated in the top 0.1% of a graduating set of let's say 500 students mm-hmm. having a CGPA 
of um, four points whatsoever you graduated with, and thereby getting a sizable number of awards, blah, blah, blah. So just find a way to tell it in a more attractive manner. Because there are some people that have excellent profiles, but still they don't get scholarships. Like I've seen those kind of things before. For some of those people, their biggest problem is their essays are too weak. Like too, too weak. Very, very weak. And you don't just rely on the fact that you graduated with the first class or you no. The most times scholarships committee, they look at all round. They want you to be a kind of all-round person. Mm-hmm. If you graduate a scholarship, okay, fine. What about work experience? Do you have work experience? Do you have relevant work experience? No. And when, it, when we talk about professional experience, it doesn't have to be that you've worked 10 years in this particular organization. No. Okay. At times, some of those volunteering activities you've done, some of those extracurricular activities you've done are even more useful than your work experience because at times your work experience is not even relevant to what you are applying for. So some of those volunteering, some of those extracurricular activities, they are also relevant. It just depends on how you portray them, how you tell them, how do you how do you create a story around those things. So I always advise applicants that scholarship essays is not a place for you to be timid. Yeah. The thing is, it is either it's a two-way thing. Just have it in your mind. It's a two-way thing. Either you're selected or not. So it, it's not like... Okay, I remember there was a time after I finished school, I think so a, a couple of years ago, and um, I, I was applying for some jobs, so I got an interview. And I was I, I was so... Like, I saw it as a draw die affair. Like, I needed to get the job. I was so... I was so anxious. So someone advised me that, no, you don't do things that way. When you're being anxious, you won't be able to sell yourself appropriately. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So going with your mind, is that they give you or not? Like, it's not a big deal. But the most thing is, do not sell yourself short. Yes. True. No, sell yourself appropriately. Be confident enough when you're writing your essays. If you've lectured 5,000 students, let's say you did a project in your community, let's say you live in one community, probably in Nasarawa State or whatsoever state you live in, and you did a project, don't just say that we did a project to sensitize students in Guagua School in Nasarawa community. That's not convincing. Mm-hmm. It's not convincing. That's too weak. Instead, what about you say that we did a project on XYZ that impacted over 5,000 students in Nasarawa community. And the result of the project was increased school attendance. Let's say you did a project on um, on um, why students don't go to school. And the impact of the project was increased school um, attendance by 25% within the first few months of completing the project. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you said that that sounds more convincing and more credible than just saying that I did a project, I spearheaded a project in Nasarawa State to encourage students to go to school. Mm. The difference is clear. <laughs> if if clear? you were if you were the um, person selecting, who would you go for? Is it <laughs> the first person that just said, I did a project or the second person who gave you facts and figures? Yeah. What the number of students the out um, he, he contacted, 
the impact of the project. So who would you go for? Uh, you want to give facts and figures, obviously. <laughs> so, and I also advise that when writing your scholarship essays, give facts. Don't just give evidence from studies that have been carried out. Scholarship essays are very, very important. Yeah. So it's very important always provide facts, um, evidence from previous studies when you're writing your essay and also find a way to tailor them around your own story. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So one final thing. Um, I know you have a YouTube channel that you populate with this kind of information and all of that. But aside from that, if someone wants to connect with you, maybe okay, they're thinking of applying for scholarships and they're thinking of guidance. Um, is that possible? Can they connect with you? Is that a possibility? Yeah, of course, of course. I try as much as possible to guide as um, as many as possible people I can help. Um, they could actually reach me on Twitter or Facebook. Just type in Damilola ODS. That's what I use on all my social media platforms. Okay. Damilola ODS. So you just find me, send me a DM. But please, anyone who is sending a DM should please go straight to the point. No time for how please is your family, how is your uncle. <laughs> no, no, no. Like please. time is of essence. Just pa 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 pa. No, no. And that's another thing about school. Go straight to the point. No, no time for Even your scholarship application. Go straight to the point. Go straight. Like some people. The, the essay requires 500 words. Mm-hmm. You've already used 200 words to write something that's irrelevant. Exactly. <laughs> and the, the funny thing about most scholarship essay questions is that if you look at them, if you look at the essay question, most of them they are embedded. They are embedded essays. Mm-hmm. Like one essay question can have up to three or four questions embedded mm-hmm. inside them. Mm-hmm. So they expect that when you're writing your answer to that question, you should pro- you should tackle every part and of the question. question. Sure. So if the question is asking you four questions, technically, you're expected to use each paragraph to answer that because you're going to be graded based on the number of questions in that embedded one. Yeah. So now you've already spent first 200 words writing irrelevant thing. No, it doesn't work that way. You just mm. have to, you have to be like, I was helping someone to review an essay. Um, the Part of the instruction is, they said a typical good statement of interest should not be more than 500 words. Mm-hmm. So they say, go straight to the point. Writing unnecessary stories would not help you. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Okay. So, Damnola ODS on all social media platforms and we can connect yes. with you. And when we are connecting, we go straight to the point. <laughs> That's it. All right. Thank you so much, Damnola. Thank you for coming on the show. I am so glad to have you. Thank you so yeah, much. It's a big pleasure being here, Osioma. Yeah. So have a great evening. It's so. Bye bye. Bye. All right, people. Finding and maximizing scholarship opportunities. That was Damilola Olisa. He has been a scholarship recipient. He won the prestigious Commonwealth Scholarship in 2018. So he has experience in this field. And I'm sure you learned something from those tips he shared. 
the first place to start guys is a google search google it guys go on google and find scholarship opportunities and when you find it don't take it for granted don't take it lightly research read find out ask questions and of course when you do your due diligence success will be your story have a beautiful day this is ozema and and you've been listening to written and robust podcast go find that scholarship and go smash it i'm rooting for you bye-bye